Before we get started, we wanted to just quickly reach out to you, our audience, to say that we hope you and your families are staying safe and well indoors and more importantly are taking all possible precautions to avoid exposure to the virus. We are also thinking of everyone who's in isolation, who may have family members or friends suffering and hopefully recovering from COVID. Please stay inside, double or triple mask if you absolutely have to step out. register yourself for the vaccine and please please reach out to a professional if you're starting to feel a toll on your mental health we'd also like to take the opportunity to inform you that the following episode was recorded in early april before the second wave of the pandemic in india Hi Sam. I'm I'm not going to get into um how is your week etc just because we all at the moment continue to live in an unending cycle of what day is it. Um but I will ask you what is something that brought you even the slightest amount of joy this week? So I had a really unexpected little dose of happiness in my week because on friday uh, i mean you know that new music always comes out on either wednesdays or fridays yeah. um and on friday i was so i i knew say that like a few of my favorite musicians were coming out with new music i don't think i knew how many of them <laughs> um so girl in red released a new album and it's incredible i'm sure you might have come across it because taylor posted it on her story but i've been obsessed with girl in red forever Um Lauren Hardy released a new song. Julia Michaels released her first ever album and I have been waiting for this for 3 years since her first song, since her first single. So I'm really happy that that's come out. Alec Benjamin released a song and also like my friend's husband released a new song as as his artist name is Salty Keys. So check that out if you can. Shout out to Noora and Charlie. We'll we'll link it. We'll link it. But yeah, no, like I woke up on Friday sort of ready to get down to work and get to it and I always sort of go through what the new music is or what podcast I'm listening to when I'm working and it was a really stressful day because I had a lot of audio content to suddenly get through <laughs> and I was just like oh god and and I I didn't finish it like I think I started work I didn't have to do on Saturday so that I could get to the audio content I wanted to consume it's a yeah How was your week? What gave you happiness? Um, see now that I think about it, now there's two things. One, because okay, I'll start with the music thing because we spoke about music, but I recently rediscovered some of my favorite Bollywood like oh god, numbers. And I will link this playlist for anyone who wants to like listen to it because <laughs> It's you know how okay how we listens to like music when he works or he listens to podcast when he works. I have those moments too. I mean I, I'll do it. But in the morning when I've just had my coffee, I'm like like I'm all energetic and stuff. You're listening to I Ritik Roshan. I want to listen to like Ritik Roshan's like <laughs> best hits, okay? I like I'm saying Ritik Roshan's best hits, but like Listen, you have you have to support your spouse in their work. <laughs> you, just, you just have to do it. Yeah, so I listen to like This is really making Ritik Roshan sound like a musician. I don't care he's so good. Um I listened to like everything from like Kahona Pyare times uh of course K3G's iconic you are my sonia was also a feature and then like more recently like zindagi na milegi dobara after that like all this like war shit and all I don't listen to Can okay, I, like, I can't freak you out a bit. If you tell me you have some way for me to meet him and you've not employed this meet meeting no 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 this. i didn't mean freak you out in a good way i'm not that nice um God. do you know that zindagi na milegi dobara came out 11 years ago that's okay that doesn't oh. matter he still okay, looks cool. the same cuz i had that realization you know i had this, this like year. moment in my head that if i do bump into him at any point in my life my first words are going to be like i feel like i'm going to faint but my second words to him are going to be like do you know what you age like the finest italian wine <laughs> i just have to say that to him all all i want is to be able to say those words to the crush on and then faint 
because like then he'll be like oh my god i'm so worried about her kind of thing like let, 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 let like him have like five minutes of panic you can have that very dramatic faint in his arms yeah you obviously. sort of hold the back of your palm to your head and just oh, like I, I thought that float was down i thought that was unsaid fainting brings me to my next moment of joy the, a very very odd segue what joy are you getting from fainting let me get to it and i'll tell you um in this past week i've i think i had to take like a bit of a break from social media just because it gives you that kind of helpless feeling it's it's just i mean i have the privilege to kind of detach myself from it for a few yeah. hours if i want to and also you need a little bit of a mental sort of break because yeah. it's just it's just doom scrolling otherwise um but in that mental break i came across a show which i hadn't seen before and it's called the real housewives of beverly hills i um yeah okay we i mean we've discussed this but i started it 3 days ago and it is uh, it is literally we're both on the same train i'm i'm a few seasons behind you but yeah but but the 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 feeling that i get when i watch it is like i can physically feel my brain just like melting turning off no just melting forget turning off it's melting in <laughs> why why fainting reminded me of it because there's one episode where like one of the wives she faints and she faints very like gracefully and prettily and stuff that's why i was like oh let me tell you more i mean honestly me i feel But, like if okay. i ever have to do yeah. a high profile faint that is exactly <laughs> what i'm going to do Can you, you know it? it's I it's lisa it. it's it's your favorite person lisa vanderpump oh faints. my god i love lisa vanderpump so also, much also did you know she has her own show okay listen no 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 i've done some very cu- i've done some cursory googling on all of them because i'm yeah. currently still in 2011 yeah. um so i've done some cursory googling but like i am t- actively trying to find out as little as possible about them yeah. i accidentally stumbled onto like taylor's instagram and like found something found out something i didn't need to know about her okay no no let's let's not get into it because i kind of i'm i'm torn between should i continue with season 5 or should just i just continue stop with season 4 just continue what else what else do you have going on <laughs> i mean thanks um <laughs> but i have to say my highlight of like like obviously alisa vanderpump is my favorite but my highlight of just even lisa vanderpump is her dog jiggy and jiggy. how this i love that jiggy is short for jigolo i know just uh, this stupid dog and his stupid adorable little outfits that always twin do you know this dog is like a like an ambassador for like alopecia because he has an alopecia as with charities as jiggy should be <laughs> Oh my god. Is Jiggy still alive by the way? No, Just I found out through a friend of mine oh yesterday no. that Jiggy passed away last year. Oh no, oh no, I'm sad. Oh It's no, okay. I should not I should not have asked this question. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, so on and on. Okay, we can we can go down this like rabbit hole and we really shouldn't. But tell me about your episode with Dhruv. How was that? Right. So, um so I took this episode alone because our guest Dhruv Khurana he and I are friends and have been for a couple of years now uh so we just thought that it might be best for me to to sort of capitalize on that familiarity and force him to talk to me though the episode is actually kind of incredible you know when someone is sort of f- talking addressing the same references that you sort of look towards as well when you talk mm-hmm. about fashion respect sort of the same icons in fashion that you respect for the exact same reasons so this episode was kind of incredible in that sense because the conversation was just so organic i mean honestly just all props to dhruv i i don't know how i can best describe it because you guys are going to listen to it anyway yeah i think let's let's just let's just let's get, just into get it. to it I, i'm really excited okay also wait like little um i do want to like give an update in chapter 2 i mentioned that i i was reading a book called fresh water for flowers and i would update everyone on how that went this book this innocent seeming book destroyed me <laughs> and i enjoyed every second of it obviously because that's again that's my brand but highly recommend please go read fresh water for flowers just yeah okay cool on to the episode bye
Dhruv Khurana is the force behind Delhi-based clothing label Almost Gods. From management to marketing and design, Dhruv oversees it all. He has very quickly developed a reputation within Indian fashion for his hands-on approach and for always delivering new and quality product. But above all, he entered the fashion industry as an outsider and turned it on its head with groundbreaking ideas and a constant desire for innovation. So please raise your glasses as we welcome Dhruv Khurana to the Tuesday Wine Club. Thank you, Veer. These are very kind words, very well deserved by me. You know, why don't most people say these things when they all know it's true? That's such a jackass <laughs> intro. Hey, guys. <laughs> we're keeping it. We're keeping that in the okay. audio. Cool. Okay, cool. So, as far as I know, you did international relations at Tufts University. And I know mm-hmm. that you minored in art history. Where did the art history suddenly come in from? Uh, it wasn't art history. I'm a double what major... Yeah, see, bad research. Uh, I love Tuesday Wine Club, though. I'm wearing the T-shirt right now. Um, <laughs> I am a double major in international relations and economics with a minor in arts, visual arts, mm-hmm. and entrepreneurship. Okay. Um, okay. I wait. I have one side question. Yes. How did you not die during college with two majors and two minors? Um, I'm a nerd, and I went to the nerdiest school on the planet, so it worked out really love well. Love that. Yes. Okay, so tell me how all of that happened. So when I was in high school, I started, um, I started two organizations. I started one business and one um, organization that kind of worked with the Chinese government on these little programs. Um, okay. So that's keeping it as vague and just like as away from fashion, but you, you can jump back yeah. into that whenever. Yeah. Um, and I always knew I wanted to do something in the realm of business. Like I knew that was my first love. Um, I, and I knew that I wanted to engage with like an international community, something broader than India. So when I got to Tufts, um, I had to do international relations. It's the number one program in the world for IR. Uh, also, my grandfather would beat me with a stick if I went there and didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I then did economics because I'm a good Delhi boy. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah. As uh, good Delhi boys must. <laughs> exactly. But while I was in school, I think I got a lot of time to, I mean, it, it happened by coincidence, but um, I, I've, I've always been surrounded by art, as you can kind of see in my surroundings. My grandmom is an architect, so I've... I've <laughs> this is audio format. Guys, there's a, a frame, there's a second <laughs> frame, there's a third frame. <laughs> there's a fourth. <laughs> there's a fourth, there are many sizes. Um, but uh, my grandmom's an architect, so for me, like, that's always been my inroad into art. And um, yeah. I've been very lucky that when I was in high school, like, she introduced me to Horskas Village. She was the grandmom who took me there to talk to art galleries. And uh, for the first time, I learned about people like Hussein, Souza, Ladida, like the Bombay's Art Society. She opened yeah. up that to me. But until I went to America and I went to college, I didn't really have a chance to explore it. Right about when I first touched down in America, I think one of the first few things I did um, after shopping for my winter jacket was I headed to the Met. And it just became me spending college, like all of it, going to museum after museum. I was obsessed yeah. with art. I eventually stumbled onto abstract impressionism, which I love, I love, I love. Um, People like Franz Klein, like their work somehow really resonated with me, which to me was always weird because earlier in India, I would dismiss that as like splashes of paint. Hmm. But you saw a little bit, not a little bit, but you saw more than it or you saw... It was an explosion. I mean, you found something in it. Yeah. Oh, I, 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 this is the lamest thing I've ever done, but uh, I was studying abroad at London School of Economics and I would go to the Tate during my lunch and uh, go sit in the Rothko room and then try to cry. Yeah. Because I would try to like want to feel the things that Rothko was trying to make me feel. I don't think that's lame at all. I, I, it's, re- it's really cool. <laughs> this I, is how you get yeah, girls. The- <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, gen- I genuinely don't think that's lame. I think we've all done something to that effect in some sort of way or another. I, I hope so. Thank you, Veer. <laughs> You're my safe space. <laughs> <laughs> As every like regular listener knows, Sam and I are obsessed with Taylor Swift, and I think I've definitely spent many, many, many days in my teenage years sitting on my bed, 
actively trying to cry to like a Taylor Swift song, even though I have no actual way of relating to that experience. I have cried to Taylor Swift songs. Love Story. As yes. everyone does. Yeah. Yes. Class 7, Heartbreak. I sat in my room, played that on loop and I just cried in front of a desktop. In retrospect, so embarrassing, but it was such a special moment. No. Side note for listeners, stream Fearless, Taylor's version on Spotify <laughs> or wherever you listen to your music. Ka-ching. Okay, no, coming back to you. Tuesday when so you were making that Taylor Swift money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, coming back to the time that you were in London. Um, no, so I, I, I did all these uh, really um, sort of obsessive things. I tried to find, like force my way into the art world, um, which didn't come naturally to me as... Um, being international relations economics, it's very number, number, number. But then this is a whole different side of it. But I, I loved it. And it was such a break. Yeah. Uh, even, eventually, I found my way to conceptual art. Um, it started with uh, my my big, big love in art. And is probably one of the most hated artists is Damien Hirst. Oh, love him. <laughs> oh, you do? Love him. Love Jeff oh. Koons. Yes. Yes, exactly. Uh, man, no, I... The, the idea, the f- when I figured out that the man could put a shark in a tank in a formaldehyde yeah. and kind of place it in the museum and say this is art, that blew my mind. You know, he called the piece uh, the conception of death in the mind of someone living or something along those lines. Yeah. And the fact that idea could be the art, that blew me away because it wasn't just like, it wasn't Hussein's perfect stroke of a horse it became art, but it was the thought that was art. There was right. something behind it that was... Exactly. So, I mean, that was uh, quite literally a concept. Yeah. So I got obsessed with that. Um, I knew I had to be engage in this world in some way, uh, which gradually led me to my love for sneakers. But uh, for your quick question, it led Wait, me to my minor talk, arts. Talk us through the journey of how art took you to your love for sneakers. Because I know that you... There is a story about you... Um, sleeping outside a supreme store waiting for a job right i mean straight up you love art it's 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 the most childish thing if you love something i am trained to and this is because of my father and his overly like oh i want that i want he my father's shopaholic which goes to me as well but you know i saw art i was like i want to surround myself with that uh but as a college kid on a college kid's budget you cannot afford art especially in america where even like nascent artist like a small artwork is astronomical um so couldn't afford any of that but um it was right about the time where sneakers were kind of becoming a thing you know sneakers were becoming Mm -hmm. cool um and i i saw a documentary which is also a very lame way to get into sneakers um it's really not is it so on netflix uh, this is, dude, 2014. None of those none of those pieces of content have all Got it. Yeah. gone into the stratosphere. Um, and I, I I bought my first pair of like these Adidas red suede superstars, which I once talked to you about at a party like three years ago. Yeah, they're, yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> they're the ugliest shoes on the planet, but I was obsessed with them. They're like clown shoes, but I would wear them with everything. You were obsessed with them as you should have been. Oh, I, I hope so. At that point, no one understood it. You know, I, I was dressing all black and just my sneakers and everyone was always looking at me. Yeah. Um, as you said, it grew to the point that I was flying across the country for sneakers. I was booking sneakers in Chicago and they were sold out everywhere. And I would like catch a flight, go pick it up. Um, I was trading sneakers to make money to buy more sneakers. I was not eating food for a week or two to like save up money for sneakers. Like that became my, my enigma was sneaker owl. Which hmm. uh, I think I think is really cool. I made made a logo for myself as well. I which, think that's uh, actually perfect for you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, considering I fall asleep at ten p.m., it's very perfect for me. Um, so sneaker owl was born, and that became my expression. You know, my closet grew yeah. to about forty-eight pairs of sneakers, which is a st- stupid number. Um, it's a it, great number. No, uh, when I was shipping them back from college to Delhi. <laughs> Immigration actually stopped it. Immigration stopped it. I got called to immigration and they were like, listen, there's no way these are yours. You're here buying, like you're selling them. And me being obsessive, yeah. like I would clean my sneakers with a toothbrush. Yeah, them so they were like, they would look brand new and like for sale. They look brand new. So literally I had to go through like Facebook, Instagram, be like, oh, see, this is me wearing it. This is me. Wearing it. This is mine. And like literally I had to pay them a bribe to get it out. It was ridiculous. I, it wow. was silly. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm just recovering from that. 
I love that they actually like actively couldn't believe that those sneakers were yours. Which Dude, I guess cartons. to their defense, sure, it logically makes sense, but yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I was like, look, I had to open things. I was like, देखो भैया इसमें dirt है, ये मैंने पहना हुआ है. It was ridiculous. But regardless of this, that sneakers, yeah. So I also know that like art is also your starting point for the almost gods, and Correct. it's. I mean, especially with with the first drop that I will ask you to speak about. But um, tell me about how almost gods got started, and also tell me about the sort of the domino effect that took place after you were interested in making this idea in your head a full time business. Yeah, for sure. Um, so when I was in college, I started a retail brand. Um, it's called Badge Pack. We have this uh, pattern on a customizable fabric, which kind of works like Velcro. And using that, we started building these bags. Uh, what eventually happened was um, we started this twenty fifteen. It's running to date now. We've got stores in yeah. about thirteen countries, um, and it's it's very heavily retail focused, which to me kind of satiates my thing for business. But it wasn't a creative outlet. Plus, it wasn't allowing me to sort of uh, trade in culture. Yeah. So. going back to that thing of sneakers like when i started getting into sneakers i realized the one thing that i kind of loved about it was it was all about just talking culture it was trading culture it was i would wear a sneaker it would induce a certain conversation yeah it it would change thoughts it 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 started like with the multiplier of instagram with the multiplier of internet it blew the hell up right at that point it like that idea became so insanely just obsessive to me that You know, to influence culture, a three thousand, five thousand years ago, they had to build a pyramid, right? They had to build yeah. the Taj Mahal, and that influenced the conversation. Today, me wearing rubber and kapda on my feet <laughs> literally changes the way people can think because design trickles into everything. Design is all pervasive, and it's it's also not even just the way say people look at you and think about you, but it's I feel like. The way sneakers are sort of—I don't want to say exploded because I think it's been a slow burn explosion, if anything. Yeah. But they say—I mean, sneakers say a lot more than just what a person's like. I feel like they also tell you a lot about—they tell you a lot about the economy. They tell you a lot about culture. They tell you a lot about geographical culture. Yeah. It's um, the sort of opportunity for learning just with sneakers as an object alone is sort of limitless. Oh, it's unreal. It's unreal, and I—I I felt so lucky stumbling onto it early. Um, you know, at that point, I think sneakers were still cool. I really think sneakers yeah. are very lame right now. <laughs> I my my big prediction is sandals, which I talk about constantly. Oh God! Don't say it! Don't say no, it! I no, hate no, 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 no. Weird tactical sandals are the coolest thing. Oh you find, no! Weird. You find good tactical sandals; they will change your life. I listen. I've been eyeing a pair for literally two years now, and I'm like, this is so expensive and this is so stupid. But I, it's stuck in my head. I want like this one tactical sandals from Japan. I'm thinking of actually selling off all my sneakers and just buying that one pair of sandals. I will kill you. It's so cool. <laughs> Listen, the only shoe that I wear for the last two years are Doc Martens. I wear my Doc Martens day in day out, which are like generic art kid shoes, but to me is as an outsider already. It's my little like inlet into the world, right? Hmm. Um, so Doc Martens and these really cool sneakers, and just oh god, I'm really so cool here. <laughs> Okay, I but, don't agree about the tactical sandals. I do. I do believe that they're coming back. I don't understand why, but um, yeah, cool. no, nope. Ah, oh, ah. Oh. We'll we'll talk in two years. We'll do part two of this podcast in two years. I don't <laughs> think I will ever appreciate sandals. I like. I mean, but that's also just because I'm the type of person who owns who has to wear like closed toe shoes. I have to wear sneakers. That's what you've been culturally trained to say, but in two years no, I'll be like, "We lift your foot up, and on camera I will just say your sandals." <laughs> Disgusting. Okay, no, tell me about tell me about starting Almost Gods as a business. Like, what was setting a business up, a fashion business up in India from scratch? Like, I think we started on a very wrong foot by naming it Almost Gods because immediately the government sent me noticing, "What are you doing? <laughs> are you serious?" Yeah, I got a notice being like, please explain this name. We can't like issue you a company registration with this name. Oh my god! <laughs> so I wrote them the most liberal artsy two paragraphs about um, postmodernism and the like equanimity of humans and gods. Uh, Did you just attempt to confuse them? 
man i i actually talk like that <laughs> is done fortunately no 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 i, I know I, yeah <laughs> so i yeah no my thing was like fuck it was in my little rebellion so i was like fuck you guys like this is this is yeah. the the brand got i mean we started um i didn't know anything about fashion right all i knew was streetwear was this thing that's happening it's super super interesting people are having dialogues about it what's started in these like harlem and like brooklyn and these little like small neighborhoods predominantly african american had exploded yeah. globally right um japan ha- has started building its own its own vocabulary for design you know you had uh, these technical designers coming out of there you had these incredible brands like fragments but then you had the bapes which is like the japanese supreme coming out um and you were saying that it was really spreading so in india there was no one doing anything like that um the one brand that does come to mind before us is not one which was established 2013 and is i mean the designer is abhishek patni and he's considered the grandfather of all of us like that man is fantastic um so we we got started um I knew I first need to understand what the hell was happening. So I am a big 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 believer in just self-learning and I love the internet and I will mm-hmm. use it to whatever extent I can. So I started learning about Margiela, Raf Simmons, Ricoons, you know, you go down the line you understand what makes a Yoji a Yoji. Um you need to start appreciating the Rika Vakub and what she's done in turning the industry yeah. in her. You know, a lumps and bumps collection in appreciation for that in a broader spectrum of fashion dialogue. that was eye opening right um and to me that was fantastic because i finally realized that all, like fashion isn't just like this frivolous thing which kind of i was i felt and i felt like i felt almost like an imposter when i was initially starting because i was like i'm engaging in streetwear but fashion is it's like this lame thing that like these people spend time on but the deeper you dive into it it's a world it's storytelling as such concentric circles unreal I feel like so and, and it's also in the designers that you named it is sort of Rafsim and Majella and Rika Vakubo and their work is really what translates into streetwear so 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 well yeah 100% 100% uh, and it's named a bunch of my favorite designers oh dude uh my favorite shoes on the planet okay the only sneakers and these are the only sneakers I will stand by to the day I die Uh, my yeah. Comme des Garçons Converse, which the whole fashion industry makes fun of, but I think the I know a Comme des Garçons is still out of my like price range. Like I cannot afford that, but a Converse, yeah. the fact that I can democratize it, and I hate that word democratize it in the realm of fashion, but I can own a part of Ray Kawakubo's design philosophy with that. You can own a part of that brand or have a stake in that brand in some sort of way. Exactly. Yeah. No. Like I felt this way when. Um, Jam Batista Valley had done their H and M collection. I didn't buy anything from it, but just the fact that and honestly, this is really funny coming from me because I hate those oversized tool dresses. Yeah. But the fact that say people I know could wear them and I could shit on them in person made me really yep. happy. Good. <laughs> <laughs> that and that's also the beauty of fashion. <laughs> okay, so what did you learn while setting up Almost Gods? What do you th- What do you wish you knew then that you didn't know that you know now? Well, what did I learn while setting up Almost Gods? I I think there needs to be reverence for the for the work. I that that was drilled into me as I fought it for many many months and maybe over a year since I started it to be like I love streetwear and I love the kind of conversations is happening but I I don't understand fashion like it was drilled into me to be mm. like yo listen up like fashion is insanely powerful, you know? Yeah. That that hit me like a like a like a thing of bricks to be like the conversations we start here they go to the realms of everything you know yeah uh, and it's 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 brilliant man fashion is i would say in terms of cultural conversations just one realm down from music i think music yeah. is the the greatest thing if i had any talent like musically if i could sing guitar whatever the fuck i would be doing that right yeah. because the way you consume music it's going to be eternal you listen to it it's convenient but fashion has to be worn fashion has to be seen fashion cannot just be consumed on a phone uh, yeah it has to be lived in it has to be lived like in like physically lived in yeah of course uh, until you see a runway show like if you see um it's slipping my mind valentino a show of valentino oh, two years ago oof i remember seeing wait are you talking about that couture show with naomi yes. campbell yes exactly yeah yeah right? yeah i know exactly what you are talking about i was obsessed 
Dude, you can see those clothes are still objects and it's one thing, but the second you see it walking... Yeah, it's moving. It's, it's something else. It's story. It's beauty. Like, it's it's honestly, it's... You cannot help but, like, stop yourself and just just look yeah. at that with reverence, right? Um, so, I, I started appreciating fashion and uh, I think that's very important. Um, another thing, I, with my retail brand, I, I, I love my business. I love working on it, but... This with is Batch Packs. With Batch Pack, correct. Um, with uh, Almost Gods for the first time, I was waking up at 3am to like sketch yeah. designs out, you know? Yeah. Um, I was getting obsessed with it. Any waking moment that wasn't work was that. Uh, it it became really, the way Almost Gods was started was zero capital, zero anything. When I had free time, I would work on it, which would be between the hours of 11pm and 6am, right? Um, and... I didn't know design. I had to learn pattern cutting. I had to learn how to sew because if yeah. I was going to get a tailor, I was going to get a master. I knew I needed to like be able to explain to them at least the basics of what I want. Yeah, it was it was just so so self obsessive and not self obsessive. It was almost God's obsessive, and I it, <laughs> I was so surprised to kind of stumble onto that obsession. Um, the idea of creating something, man, it's it it drives you crazy. That phase when we're designing collections, when we're designing the worlds, oh. Yeah, because every collection is sort of like a sub-universe within the, the sort of larger Almost Gods universe. Exactly. Okay, I have a fun question, which okay. is, where did the red sweatshirt come from? And for listeners who might not know what the red sweatshirt is, we will put a picture of it on our Instagram, so you can check it out there. Where did the red sweatshirt come from? And was the intention to create a piece that was going to be immediately identifiable with Almost Gods? Yes, so a couple of things. When Almost Got Started, the one image in my head was a really big fucking red sweatshirt. Uh, yeah. It was It was just stuck there from day one. And I didn't, like, obviously, I had no idea it would turn out that way. I had no idea the, the kind of impact it would have. Uh, but I knew we had to make that piece. So the color red is insanely important to me. It's, yeah. uh, it, it's there through every aspect of my life, from my school colors to... Um, when I was working the Chinese government all the red rooms I've been in and yeah. just it, my red Adidas superstars it's somehow it's made its way into everything so um, it was it was experimentation to find the right color of red but that red sweatshirt had to eventually come out of my subconscious yeah um, I I think the the bigger reason we did it and the chest pounding reason we did it was we're a brand from India but I'm engaging in discourse with cultures globally, right? Yeah. Us, us, our brand sells uh, designs in New York. We sell it in LA. We sell it in Milan. We sell Berlin. We sell uh, Belgium. To all these places, there's such an image of what a brand coming out of India is. And yeah. I wanted to immediately be like, yo, listen, we're not just like this country that sells spirituality. We're not just where you go for your eat, pray, love trips. We're not just an IT <laughs> center, right? Like, there is a shit ton of creativity. There's a shit ton yeah. of energy over here, um, which which I wanted to kind of bring out through that. And it, it, it worked way, way, way beyond what I could expect. That became yeah. our, all our marketing. That became all our PR. We yeah, had, it did. We had zero spend and that sweatshirt ended up on everyone, you know? Yeah. From Kanye's team to Ranveer Singh. Like, we had that sweatshirt to Veer. I remember Ranveer Singh wearing it made, made, making you very 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 excited <laughs> uh, I I remember I got a call from Natasha who's Ranveer's stylist and I'm driving and she goes okay it's happening and I was like what do you mean and she goes <gasps> <laughs> she goes turn on YouTube turn on Instagram right now and I oh was parking the car freaking out I came running home to my parents and I was like it happened <laughs> it was very cool also as someone who has that sweatshirt I have to say it is literally the most comfortable thing I have ever worn in my life and I this past <laughs> winter I literally lived my life in it. Did you? Li- I literally did. Veer, like, I I did not get sufficient is, content to 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 justify this. I got few pieces of videos and images. I need more. Okay, this coming winter then no problem. <laughs> <laughs> I'll happily give you content because I'm not taking the sweatshirt off in the winter. <laughs> Good, I'm glad. Okay, so I know that you are friends with Shweta Kapoor, who was our first episode, and that she did um, she did help you out in some capacities when you were trying to get Almost Cards off the ground. Yeah. Now, we had 
we had asked her this. We had asked her to describe the 4318 girl and she had said that she is a lady who chills and not a lady who lunches. Mm-hmm. Same question at you. How would you describe the almost god's person and how different or similar are they to you? Oh, interesting. You don't need so to I come up with a witty phrase. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Uh this is something I think about perpetually. Um I think the person buying wearing almost gods is someone who's very thoughtful, who's very carefully curated with the with the yeah. choices of how they want to express themselves, how they want to show themselves to the world. They're very conscious of their place in the world, they're very intellectually curious. Um I would like to say all these things are me, but I'm not sure it's me all the time. Um <laughs> uh, but I I attempt to be that person. It's 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 about someone who's who's passionate and who's who's trying to invoke change, who's trying to Yeah. do something meaningful and do something learn more, understand and more and do something about it. Yeah, and do it differently than it's been done before, you know? As much as it wasn't the intention originally, I think it's a it's very funny how it's found its way, but I think almost God is as much about you know it's in its name it's about grasping to be more it's about um, trying yeah. to fight for more so yeah I, i don't know if that's a long-winded answer but i think it's honest no it's great also um can't believe we didn't ask this but where did the name almost gods actually come from we've spoken about how it got rejected i mean yeah. not rejected but how you had to sort of fight to keep it yeah but where did the name almost gods come from and was the name sort of the starting point or did you have a, an idea and almost gods fit the bill or did it all sort of come together at the same time how did we how did we get here i think uh, a bunch of things happened at the same time that kind of led to that name that influenced that name yeah um number 1 was um in college i i so i was nearly a japanese minor the only thing i didn't do for my japanese culture was my language because i suck at learning languages but i got obsessed with japanese culture and i had these incredible set of professors uh murakami was a professor at my university you know and i got obsessed with the idea of uh, these these japanese ideals and of postmodernism and it was all very depressive but uh, i i learned a lot from it you know there was this sort of structure to life that is to be followed but then also the meaningless that follows it uh so it was coming from that place and i think the postmodernism in the letter yeah. that i did write to the government it it that is a genuine thing a conversation that was happening in my head that postmodernism yeah. is the fl- flattening of the important pyramid right uh god is as important as the plant is as important as a human being so that that conversation was going on um simultaneously i had been back in india after college for about 7 8 months um i was i was hit by this ideas of religiosity everywhere and i was kind of in this massive phase of questioning my own um and i think the last thing that contributed to it was um in college i did this course on the poets of maximalism and i actually wrote my final college paper on kanye west so um mm-hmm. to me kanye west was this enormous figure in my life because uh, and my final paper about him was about kanye west defining afro american futurity right mm-hmm. futurity which is this well guarded idea that i think to to people globally is pictured as a very much a white ideal um uh, he was kind of trying to pull that away and be like listen it's not just steve jobs defining the future it's not just disney defining the future it's me like as a black man i can come in and engage yeah. in this conversation and that that idea was huge to me because um it kind of opened up the possibilities of what me as a brown person could do yeah it um uh, it it opened up the idea that futurity does not need to be this one western thing it does not need to be these swedish yeah. houses that are these perfect like clean lines and everything it it yeah, can yeah, yeah. come from the the rockers of india it can come from like our agarbattis and our our kummelas and all of that can yeah. translate into futurity as well um i knew i needed to bring indianness into it i knew that conversation had to be then i didn't want to suppress that um i knew there was this idea of gods which i found very interesting because it formed this pyramidical structure and it was it, it drove so many so many conversations especially in the country where we're from um Yeah, postmodernism to me was a kind yeah. of perfect gift wrapped to it where it flattened the conversation out where it said that 
I as a human am as close to a god as I've ever been. But yeah. a god has also been brought down to my level, so it works both ways. Um, and that's also potentially how your clothes make people feel. I would hope so, right? Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite quotes ever is, uh, humans are a weird civilization. They have paleolithic <laughs> emotions, medieval institutions, and godlike technology. Yeah. And I love that because we're 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 monkeys with rocket launchers. You know, it's um, it's fantastic and it's it's exciting. I and can it's terrifying. Genuinely see that quote being in the DNA of the Almost Gods Land. Yeah. Like I can yeah. see that being the sort of thing to keep coming back to. Hundred percent. Before we started recording, we were talking and we called Almost Gods say streetwear adjacent. How? What do you think about the state of streetwear in India right now? How does Almost Gods fit into it slash not fit into it? And sort of where do you see all of that going? So I don't think streetwear is a thing. Like I think uh, streetwear is sort of just the frame fashion is in at the moment. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when brands describe sure. themselves as streetwear brands, I think they're very lame. Uh, <laughs> because it's, it's such a it's dead not, identity. Not, it's not not true. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's such a dead identity it's so done it it had its part but it's over you know uh but yeah. streetwear has left a indelible mark on everything it um, it changed how the upper houses have sort of structured not only how their drops worked you know the drop culture yeah. came from streetwear it changed the designs completely i mean look at fucking what gucci is doing right yeah. it's 70s inspired but there is you see that streetwear coming through right uh, you still see a grenadier backpack in the mix of a 70s conversation which is a it's very interesting um, you see saint laurent doing uh, velcro patches on their clothes which what the hell where did that come from right <laughs> <laughs> so it's 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 n- streetwear has become fashion fashion has imbibed streetwear um so where uh, streetwear i would say is our origins and i'm forever grateful to that movement because it sort of opened my yeah. eyes to this world it let me into this world as it did many many young designers yeah um, many many young stylists creatives who people who this world was kind of close to it opened it up to all of us right yeah um and it, it opened up access it opened up access and it also allowed us to understand that storytelling does not need to happen at the scale that it was happening with the the monoliths the giants of Louis Vuitton or whatever but it the LVMH brands exactly it can be highly personal it can be highly one on one it can be uh, something that you know it really when it says street like it's I'm talking to my street I'm talking to my people right yeah that, so um, that micro expression that micro community that micro storytelling that has come out of it so um, I I really think any brand that um, that that's worth its salt today. That got its start in streetwear. Can't be calling itself just streetwear today. Yeah, it's 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 multifaceted and more much more than that. So uh, that's yeah. Do you know what you said? Actually, it reminds me of w- w- about a year ago when um, the entire mm-hmm. world was in lockdown and everyone was sort of having to figure out different formats of of doing what what we were just used to doing or. Like, ma- you know, magazine shoots, for example, or creating content for fashion brands or really anything. Everyone had to rethink their strategies yeah. um, and think on their feet maybe for the first time in a very, very, very long time. And it's just making me think about how, like, it's exactly what you're saying. Everyone suddenly had to get inventive and break the formats that they had established for themselves and for the rest of the world. And then something much larger than all of us came down, destroyed everything and now you have to figure out how to rebuild from scratch. It's awesome. It's it's petrifying, but it's awesome. I mean, I mean, yeah. Like it's really sad that 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 was the series of um, that that's what led to it. But, but that's how culture is formed. We are imbibing yeah. constantly everything and anything. But you I know? Think, yeah, like the creativity that came out of the coronavirus, as yeah. weird as that sentence is to say, is sort of unparalleled in its own way. Of, oh, of course, it's uh, it's it's horrible and it's so interesting. Everything that's happened with it. Uh, did you see GCDS's new show? It's it's all AR, which every brand under the sun yeah. has done. And um, by the time this episode airs, our new line would be out as well, which is also built in AR. Um, How do you know when this episode is coming out? Matlab unnis bees do din main line nikal so I'm like shot in the dark. 
but uh, GCDS built out this whole fashion show. But what's nuts is they also got the properties of someone like Dua Lipa modeled out, right? They got uh, Anwar Hadid modeled out, and they were placed at the fashion show. Like people who are still cultural conversationalists, they were also made to be part of the show, which I loved. Uh, Casablanca, I was looking at its backstage for um, SS Twenty uh, One, and yeah. God damn, man, the stylist is doing everything on Zoom, and I felt so bad for this girl because she's. Got cutouts of everything, and she's placing them together, and it was so interesting to see. I so. genuinely do feel very bad for stylists right now, though. <laughs> yes. Because, or at least, I mean, now shoots have still sort of kick started, kick started again. But, um, but a year ago, because styling is such a hands-on job. Yeah. Um, and it's it's not only a hands-on job; it's also a very intimate job because you're very close to this person. You're literally putting clothes on them and deciding how those clothes look and. I mean, it it is a lot of physical interaction as well. Yeah. So, I I just felt bad about how someone how people have had to start creative directing and styling on Zoom, but then some people also just smashed it out of the park. Oh, unreal, unreal! It doesn't make sense to me. Talk to me about the fruit shop at the end of the world. Ooh. Which someone? Yeah. Someone okay. Did their Introduce it. And also tell me where this came from and why or why you've decided to say release it in drops. Um, so the fruit shop at the end of the world is our newest collection from Almost Gods. Uh, when we were going through the the motions of it, you know, I think fashion to me as a designer, it's my version of a status update to the world. It's me having consumed the world, consumed culture, and kind of spit this out as like a response, as a conversation that I want to start, whatever yeah. to it. Um, right as Corona started, we um, started a collection called Bull in a China Shop, which yeah. uh, which was a very immediate response to Corona, which was kind of like, "Yo, be strong! Like you be the bull." Yeah. It was right. It was initial stimulus, initial reaction. Yeah, exactly. We we had to fight back. We had to have a conversation. It was uh, it came very naturally, and I think after that was done, the whole team's been so exhausted. You know, we're about. Um, Ten to twelve people at any given time, yeah. and working virtually, working with all the 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 precautions we've had to take, it's been painful. And I think um, us, as anyone else, we've all just been emotionally exhausted at this point. Yeah, we were sort of talking about it, and we said, "Listen, we don't want to do anything big now. We just let's do something silly. Let's." Um, Let's not try to put a meaning into pe- people's mind. There are enough people trying to do that. Let's just say that, yo, this is something ridiculous we're doing for the time being. You can yeah. engage with it however you want, but like it's there. Or you it's can't fun. just not. Yeah, uh, preferably you do engage because uh, I, I'd <laughs> like you to. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, um, so I remember we are me and my uh, marketing team. Uh, we're walking down the road and we literally we look at a fruit shop and go, we should do a fruit shop. And we're laughing, and we're like, "Ha ha ha!" Yeah, wouldn't it be nuts if we do a fruit shop? And that was it. And then right? slowly, slowly, like, that conversation starts becoming more and more serious. I can just imagine, like, you and anyone in the marketing team, like, so we're actually doing a fruit shop, right? Oh, it 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 legitimately that conversation of like we're doing a fruit shop, and it grew from like, "Oh, we're gonna open a fruit shop," to like, "Oh, if yeah. we're opening a fruit shop, we're a fashion brand. We should have some clothes there." Oh, we're having clothes there. Let's just study references to understand what is the connotation of fruit historically, culturally, and what how have other hmm. brands dealt with it. Uh, fruits led led us to places like the Nile River overflooding and orgies being a huge part of like fruits. It led us to yeah. fashion shows like uh, Highland Rape by McQueen. It yeah. led us to Raph Simmons, who's lined his shows with uh, with ripe with ripe fruit. So there was all these different references, and we're like, holy shit! There's a conversation to be had here. And we did not know what it was. We just knew that as a visual vocabulary, like this shit was loud, right? There was yeah. especially in India, an Indian fruit shop is stimulus, stimulus, stimulus everywhere you look. It's sort of like st- loud stimulus that you. That's really interesting when you look at it. But it's also something that you're so used to seeing at the same time. So there's also familiarity exactly. to it. Man, this is something we didn't realize, and it's it's kind of beautiful how this this collection opened out to us. And to me, this is my favorite collection that we've we've ever put out. Uh, it's yeah. the deepest in its storytelling. It's the 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 kind of places that we try to go with it is is awesome. And we really try to build a world around it that goes far broader than fashion. 
Um, so we we have this loud vocab. We don't know what to do with it. And then one day, Akansha, who's in my team, she gets an email. Uh, it's a newsletter, and the whole newsletter has been written by an AI program. And right. Like, what? <laughs> that that happens, and we start researching it, and it just. I mean, the it's an endless well. Like you go down, and yeah. humans have just created such useless trash. But it's so inter- <laughs> it's so interesting. It's it's overdone. It's it's excess. It's a uh, it's peak commoditization, right? Yeah. And I remember we are talking about this. We walk into a fruit shop to get visual references, and we're like, "Puck, over excess peak commoditization." And there's look at this. Look at this overwhelming yeah. like world around us. Um, and we're like, we're like, there's something here. There's a conversation to be had here. And um, we we go back with it. We talk about it, and we start saying that. Listen, like where we are today, can you blame that there's been some form of like human overcapitalization that's led to this? There's been overreaching mm-hmm. for resources. Can you also point out that something like the Black Lives Matter movement happening in the midst of Corona, like people dying, yeah, and people are still like protesting. Like these conversations yeah. are happening. Like it. peak ridiculousness everywhere right hmm. really it was hmm, hysteria that that we've gone through and so we sort of realized that fruit shop is this perfect language for that uh, also what's cool is that the experience of a fruit shop is very universal you know to us yeah. while we might be adopting the language of an indian fruit shop the yeah. sort of communication the conversations the interactions that people have globally with the fruit shop is very much the same right yeah um more so going to a fruit shop is like this moment it's 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 not something that's done but it's a moment in your day and it's it's a yeah. interaction and you walk away from it and you you're you're happy it's it's something yeah you you don't think much of it but it gives you some sort of gratification and you move on exactly so um well like this is interesting at many many levels so we have yeah. our we have a base idea that we're hitting peak commercialization we know we want to do it through the fruit shop at the end of the world but uh we're missing a myth we're missing a broader story that kind of takes us everywhere mm-hmm. so um i sort of lent back on my my japanese roots um my japanese your cul- japanese roots <laughs> my my japanese culture studies roots we built out this myth about uh, this person who's walking through the rubble of the end of the world and they come across this fruit shop and it's this yeah. massive moment of confusion and happiness because they see fruit shop and they see life like they're seeing living things they're seeing ripe fruit so indication yeah. of life but it's also confusion because um it's poised at this moment where nothing else exists like this is not meant to exist this is so out of place but it's there and it's bright and it's inviting and it's exactly it's it's, it's this like moment life. that i mean like it, i mean cuz yeah bang bang right, you can't right, yeah you can't do anything like you just surrender to this one moment which is all of these things right yeah which is what corona has been to us which is let me circle back to was never our goal with this talking about corona but it yeah. was so indicative how how we ended up there because it's 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 organic an artist wants to talk about what they're going through yeah and i mean we're going to be talking about the corona virus for a very 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 long time whether that be overt or or not 100% forever also do you realize that the story This, I mean, the myth that you've created is like built to be a comic book. Uh, if anyone wants to come and make me a comic book, yeah. <laughs> For listeners who may not have heard of your brand yet and are checking it out because of this episode, yeah. What's one product slash experience that you'd like them to start with? Um. So my favorite product out on the. Should I be choosing from my children? Is that weird to do? No, that's okay. Um uh, my f- <laughs> my Some my children favorite are better than others. Oh god. But they all mine <laughs> like mere. Um I mean they're all mm-hmm. lovely and they all have like parts to play. Anyway, okay. This analogy is getting out of hand. Uh so my my favorite piece is the paint by numbers jacket. Um yeah. it's this piece we built out of canvas. It's got embroidered fruits. I love fruits. that. Thank you. Um there is a little bit of in, like inspiration from Margiela there so i don't know if you remember it was um a show in i think 85 where all the models were after the show brought on stage faces are covered and they're all standing there just holding numbers yeah like, that visual to me is so strong so when we made this when before the collection even took shape i was like i know i need to make this piece like whether everything else happens or not like this piece needs to exist 
So we have these uh, beautifully embroidered uh, fruits outlines and numbers on them. The real fruits as an apple, watermelon. Um, yeah. There's a within the folds of the jacket. There's an instruction manual for how we suggest you paint the fruits, but then we leave the choice up to you. And yeah. the piece ships with actual paints to paint your jacket. You know. So it really becomes your own. It's Plus just it's such a smart piece. Thank you. Because it it is product and experience at the same time. Exactly. It needs to be deeper storytelling, and it's so personal. The second you whether like you choose to make the choice to paint it in a particular way, choose to paint it the right like right fruit way. Yeah. I mean air quotes or not paint <laughs> at all. It's a decision you have made. So it's yeah. your piece entirely, right? Tell me what are some pop culture moments from the past year mm-hmm. that you see becoming a fashion trend in the future? Oh wow! Yeah, we're back. We're down to the fun questions. Uh, so, a couple of things. NFTs, huge, right? I have been um, a very active part of the crypto space since twenty thirteen. Um, yeah, I, I'm. I'm a big believer in what crypto can do, and I think NFT is all trash. But it's going to influence <laughs> the conversation for a very long time to come. It um, will, no doubt about that. It, it will. It's it's so dumb. It's so dumb. Uh, but it will. Uh, then you have Elon Musk, right? And anything like let let's say anything SpaceX has done in the last any time uh, is going to change the conversation completely. And yeah, the reason I say that is. Um, 1960 whatever whenever americans first went to space the space race happened you know retro futurism became a thing like that is when that like whole yeah. idea of futurism started space is hope space is belief like the fact that we can travel is a childhood dream it's exciting to us at every level and it's influencing so much of the music while listening to that now it's going to yeah of course it's it's huge uh then tiktok tiktok ping tiktok Um, I am a massive, massive fan of TikTok. I do not like Reels because my <laughs> my targeting on Reels is all wrong. But yeah, really uh, I'm TikTok. gradually trying to improve my algorithm. Yeah, <laughs> I miss TikTok. Uh, TikTok is going to change how garments are produced, how clothes are produced, how music is produced. Yeah, because I am platform agnostic as far as anything goes. I kind of sort of believe in what the medium is and the conversations that medium is facilitating. And TikTok is erasing our attention span, and it's forcing us to make the first thirty seconds of a song interesting. It's forcing us to yeah. make the first, like, hit of a garment interesting. It's changing the way people have conversations. Um, it's not a bad thing. It's just the new thing, and it's 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 fine. Yeah, I think it's too new to assess how we even feel about it really okay this wasn't a scheduled question but what are your feelings about like y2k coming back into fashion now about the early 2000s being so like i'll give you an example for like so say did you see the the versace dress that dua lipa wore to the grammys with the butterfly it was like chain link sheer it was a very like normal versace dress but because it was chain link and sheer and all of the stuff that she usually wears anyway but Okay. The colors yeah. suddenly were were reading very early two thousands. The butterfly motifs everywhere were reading early two thousands. It's just been a thing that's that is suddenly sort of coming back. No, I I know what Y two K is, but I've never heard anyone reference like early two thousands as Y two K. Y two K is nineteen ninety nine to two thousand. The switch. Yeah, no. So it's it's becoming a thing that uh, this is how people are addressing it now that Y two K is coming back. Oh really? Oh interesting. Oh. Oh, I don't like that. So yeah, <laughs> no, it's it's super polarizing because um because the design is sort of so for lack of a I'm gonna say interesting and that's what people say when they don't know what to say, but it's interesting because there is a certain ugliness to it. Yep. That is now sort of being realized again, but it's being realized in a format that is palatable in the 21st century, and it's just yeah. Anyway, I'm not the guest here. Um, <laughs> you can still talk. <laughs> Tell me what you think when I say the following words. Number one, sneaker. Lame. Number two, future. Mm, in I was gonna say Indians, but because uh, that's just very on brand for me. But I'm gonna say a broader conversation. <laughs> Number three, culture. 
Ooh, the most exciting thing on the fucking face of the planet. Okay. <laughs> My last question for you is: If you could have anyone in the world, fictional, not fictional, alive, dead, doesn't matter, anyone in the world play you in a biopic, who would it be? Uh, Brad Pitt. Not Brad Pitt. Sorry, that the 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 hangover guy. That was so guy. quick. Long hair, long hair, long hair. What's his name? Bradley Cooper. We look the same. Girls, don't so go to my Instagram quick. page. <laughs> no, no, I, I don't know what you're saying. You're the spitting image of Bradley Cooper. I really am, you know. I often look yeah, at myself. Yeah. I'm like, wow. When it's the right, if the light hits just right, <laughs> if the if the ring light hits just right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Veer. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Tuesday Wine Club. You can find Thurv on Instagram at almostthurv and almostgods on Instagram at well, almostgods. Remember to follow us on Instagram at the Tuesday Wine Club. Sam and my personal handles can be found on the same account, so please do feel free to come stalk our profiles. We love the extra engagement. And don't forget to tune in next week for a new episode of the Tuesday Wine Club. Please stay safe.